The first Sunday of the NFL season is here, and the excitement continues with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. DraftKings is giving all new customers a can't-miss offer to celebrate the return of the NFL season. Bet just $1 on any football game this weekend and receive $200 in free bets instantly, no matter what. That's right, DraftKings Sportsbook is giving all new customers $200 in free bets instantly when they bet at least $1 on any football game. DraftKings is safe, reliable, and secure, making it easy for you to deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN to receive $200 in free bets when you place a $1 bet on any week one game. That's promo code THPN to get your free $200 in free bets instantly this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. What's up, everybody? This is Miles Turner, the Indiana Pacers. You're listening to the Pace Rules Podcast. Be sure to follow at Pace Rules on Twitter. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Pace Rules Podcast, the only Australian NBA podcast with a bias toward the Indiana Pacers, coming to you with about a month left before the first preseason game for the Pacers. I think they're in New York to kick off the season in around 29 days' time. I saw a tweet today that has come around super quickly, although right now it doesn't appear like there's much going on in the offseason. There's a few reports, but plenty of time for predictions. So this episode is going to be centered around what's going to happen this season, what we think is going to happen this season, what we would like to see happen this season, who we would like to see get more opportunities in the rotation in Rick Carlisle's team, uh, as well as some exciting news to end the show around a competition that we'll be running this upcoming season and some pretty cool merchandise that you can win as part of that competition. So we'll kick off, Alex, with yourself. Uh, it's been a little while since we've had an episode where we've just talked about the team. Last episode was Mitch Creek. Well done to you guys for an awesome interview there. Um, and I think heading into this season, I'm really surprised by the lack of change to this roster. I mean, this is in effect, aside from the rookies, this is exactly the same team. Um, McDermott out, Duarte in, uh, Jackson in. You know, it's it's very much the same rotation, the same team with very slight tweaks. And I think the three of us thought that there was going to be significant change heading into this offseason, given how we finished last season in the play-in tournament. Yeah, well, it's funny, isn't it? Like, I think all three of us thought at least one starter would be traded. So, you know, here we are running it back. Uh, and it doesn't really surprise me as much with how much KP talked about Warren almost being an off-season acquisition because... You know, he really didn't play last year, and uh, this will be the first time with with him and Karras in the same team. So, you know, you can look at it that way. But, yeah, you're right. Like, Torrey Craig and Duarte are just about the two only rotational pieces that come in, and we lose our volume shooter. So that's that's the biggest concern for me is the fact that, yeah, losing McDermott's actually massive. Like, he, he was arguably uh, our top three. He was a top three player for us last season. Like, he, he was really big. He obviously started more games than he probably – uh, well, then we would like to him, uh, liked him too. But you know, where, where do the Pacers get that shooting? Does Duarte come in? Do you guys think that even though Carlisle doesn't like playing rookies, we know this, but do you guys think that he can come in early and, and almost be that McDermott type player off the bench? 
from his summer league performances, he's kind of undeniable, Justin. I mean, you, you can't you can't do anything except play this kid and see how he goes. I mean, I think the the key point you brought up there, Alex, which we've discussed ad nauseum, is Doug started way more games than he should have because we were so unhealthy. And yeah. TJ Warren is apparently fully fit. Karis Levert, fully fit. Domas Sabonis, honeymooning, but fully fit. Uh, <laughs> Miles Turner, fit. Malcolm Brogdon fit. We we have no injury concerns in the starting lineup this season. And I think we're pretty set there. But Justin, it sounds like Duarte is going to be a, a key part of this rotation in the absence of McDermott. Yeah, I hope so. I mean, you mentioned we haven't made any major moves in the offseason and we haven't. And it's kind of funny as a fan, you always want fresh outlook and perspective in the new season because I'm actually most excited to watch Levert play, and he's the newest pacer, and then uh, Duarte play, and he's the newest pacer as well. So the two newest pacers I'm most excited to watch and see their growth. And, and you know, I feel like Levert's going to be the best player on the team. So, um, and, you know, a third to that is TJ Warren, who's been out injured for so long. So, yeah, with um, with the draft pick, I, I think I, I'm, I'm hyped about him, as you guys know. I, I, I think he's going to be a gun. Like, I don't get high on many draft picks. I'm usually a bit negative with who we draft, but I don't know. I just, I just got a feeling he's going he's gonna to blow our expectations away. Um, and if I have egg on my face after, you know, two or three seasons, then I do. I, I just think he's going to really be that sixth man. Um, you know, Jeremy Lamb could be on the move. So I think, I think Duarte is going to be going to be a gun off the bench. Speaking as the only man with a Goga Badatse jersey in the Southern Hemisphere, <laughs> I must say I've gone far too early on a rookie previously. But, you know, Alex, Duarte has already amassed a better resume than Badatse has in, you know, two, three seasons across his summer league performance. I mean, you can't take much from summer league, can you? But at the same time, uh, he played extremely well and deserves a great deal of praise. You can only beat who's put in front of you. And he, you know, won his individual matchup in, in every single one of his games. And he went up against some some players that he'll be seeing in the regular season. Like Emmanuel Quickly, Obi Toppin, uh, Sharif Cooper will probably get some minutes for for the Hawks. So he went up against some guys that are legit NBA players. Um, but yeah, obviously it's hard to take too much stock in summer league. I was actually most impressed by Isaiah Jackson. You know, we kind of talked about him being that like Jakar Sanson replacement. Um, the Pacers gave up a, a little bit to get him. We had to m- m- maneuver, I think, three second round picks or four second round picks. But man, he he was blocking shots. He had seven blocks in that last summer league game. He was finishing. How long has it been since we had a lob threat? I, I genuinely don't think we've ever had a lob threat. I remember so. the last time we had someone who exactly could so. Blocks. Even if he can just bring some energy off that that second unit every once in a while, he he obviously won't play much this year. But yeah, look, the we've talked a lot about Kevin Pritchard's drafting. Uh, yeah, he looks like he did a good job this season. I'm actually trying to think now of the last time we had a lob threat. Yeah. I mean, we had genuinely had Jefferson, Lavoy Allen, oh, yeah. Jan Mihimni, Roy Hibbert, uh, Jeff Foster. <laughs> like I, I, I literally, I'm saying Jonathan Bender. Wow. <laughs> wow. That is, that is throwing he, it back. Yeah. He was athletic and can, could catch a lob from my memory, but Jesus. Yeah. I can't remember anyone in between. And that's pretty sad, isn't it? It's been 15 years since we've been able to see lob city in, in Indiana. It's it, it. And that, 
that really encapsulates the Pacers franchise over the last 20, 20 years. No nonsense. No, no flashy silliness. Just, you know, the lunch pail, as they love to say. Bring the lunch pail, play hard, which is great. But I was having a conversation with someone today that the way that you get eyes on your team is flashy passes, flashy dunks, etc. So when you go to Foot Locker in Australia and you don't see a Pacers jersey uh, since Oladipo, since Paul George, the reason is because you don't have any flashy players. You don't have the player to sell the jersey. So you need guys to create highlights. And I think, you know, Duarte has the ability to create both offensive and defensive highlights we've seen in summer league. And, and Jackson, the same, I think, you know, big blocks, big dunks. Um, it's been a while since we've had good young talent to be excited about, Justin. Well, yeah, for sure. I mean, Alex mentioned he started to be a Pacer fan when, you know, the Paul George era and Lance Stevenson, and he would have been excited watching them. And, you know, likewise for me, Reggie with the choke symbols and, you know, the swagger he had and, that that's what draws fans in to become, you know, they get idolized by a player with how they play right now in the paces. If you're trying to scope a team to go for, I don't really know who's going to draw you to be a pacer fan. Like there's no real one play going, God, I love watching them play. Um, I, my favorite player in the last six years has been Lance Stevenson. And we all know what Lance is like. And before that, you know, it was Danny Granger who's a bit more methodical, but uh, everyone loves a highlight. I think it's time paces get back to having fun and, you know, since we started this podcast, Pacers have been a tough, tough watch. They really have. Yeah. I know they had four seed the other year, but um, they've been a real tough watch. And I, I'm optimistic they can go back to having some fun and playing hard no defense because I, you know, I'll be a Pacer fan till I die. But I, I don't know, like one more season of them being pretty boring and methodical. Like I, I don't know, it's going to be tough on the on the fandom there. I want to get back to something you said, Justin, in particular. You said Karis LeVert was going to be the best player on the team this season. I want to, I want to know why, because that's, that's a really big call. Sabonis has made the all-star team the last two seasons. You know, LeVert's played half a season. He's obviously come back from uh, a terrible condition that, thank God, they found in, in that physical. But what makes you think that Karis LeVert's going to be the best pacer on the floor this season? Well, I just I just think Carlisle's going to switch it up. I don't think it's going to be Sabonis with 25 points, 13 rebounds, six assists this year. I, that didn't work. It clearly didn't work. So we need to switch it up. You know, the, I don't even think Sabonis is going to be the second best player on the team. I, I think it's between Levert and TJ Warren. Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think that's where the league's headed. Um, I think that's where the paces are headed. I think... You know, Karis LeVert should be trying to shoot for 23 to 25 points per game. He's, he's that type of bucket getter. And, you know, we need to sort out our point guard issues. But, yeah, I've just got high hopes for Karis LeVert from what I saw from him in Brooklyn and then that short time. As I think Alex mentioned a few episodes ago, LeVert still was not healthy last year. Like, he was probably playing, I think he's mentioned on a podcast, he's probably like 70%. So, give him another preseason new coach under him. Um, I think he's got potential to be an all-star next year. Alex, who's the best player on the Pacers roster this season? Yeah, I'm, I'm with Justin 100%. I've been saying this for a while. I think Levert makes the all-star team uh, this upcoming season. And, and you know, it's funny. You, you touched a little bit on the point guard situation there. Well, we've heard, like, he wants to get Levert 
playing the point guard some more. And I think that takes a lot of pressure off Brogdon. We know he's better as a catch-and-shoot guy. His percentages go way up. Uh, we saw it the most in Milwaukee, obviously, 50-40-90 playing off Giannis. Uh, and Levert, he had games where he had like 12 assists, 13 assists towards the end of the season. Like he was dropping dimes. Um, and we, we kind of saw that in Brooklyn a little bit. I think he averaged like six assists. So he can take a lot of ball handling pressure off Brogdon, which like, I think he desperately needs because we've kind of seen it. Brogdon struggles when he's the main point guard, especially, you know, you, you're asking him to score, pass, rebound, defend. You know, I, I think it takes a lot more pressure off him as well. So he'll be better off. Yeah, I, I tend to agree with you that he's going to be a great player this season, but I don't agree that he's going to be the best player on the paces. I'm, I'm going to zig when you guys are zagging. TJ Warren, for me, is going to be the best player on the team. I think he's going to lead the team in scoring. I think he's going to be a bucket consistently now that he's fit. I think the team sees a lot of the identity that they want to create in TJ Warren. I think a lot of the no-nonsense bucket getting just you know flat out uh, professional, I guess, way that TJ Warren plays is the way that the Pacers want to play. So I think they're going to play through him. I think they're going to give him every opportunity to lead the team in scoring. And I think he's going to be an all-star this season. Uh, I've got Ooh, like really it. high hopes for TJ Warren, particularly in a contract year. I think he wants to prove that he's on that level. I think he wants to prove that he should be the highest paid player on the team. And I think he's going to be ideally extended before the season starts. I've said that uh, for a little while now, but Overall, uh, I think he's going to be a great player for this team this upcoming season. Justin, what what would stand in TJ Warren's way? Well, injury. <laughs> I hate to say it. But yeah. um, also probably shot attempts. Like you've got – that's why, I don't know, starting five, it's hard to configure because you've got five people who probably apart from Turner, say you've got four players in the starting lineup who could realistically put up 20 shots a game and you yep. wouldn't bat an eye with, you know, Brogdon, Levert, Warren and Sabonis. If any of them took 20 shots a night, you wouldn't bat an eye. So we don't have that Luca type, that Trey Young type who are going to put up 25 to 30 shots um, who are going to be all-stars. But um, yeah, high hopes for TJ Warren as well. Um, look, I, I know personally for me and probably as the pace of Rouge as well, we've been a bit down on Brogdon and Sabonis, but Gee whiz, all I'm asking, like, I just want them to play with some passion. That's all I want. I'm not caring about your box score. I just want to see game one, play for the jersey. You want to win. You know, none of this stat chasing and any of that going on from last year. I really want to see a commitment to the team, and that's going to make me kind of fall in love with them again. The key word there, commitment to the team, I want to see diving for loose balls. I want to see helping your teammates up. I want to see celebrating your teammates' success. Like, I want to see this team celebrate success because they didn't last season. I mean, Karis LeVert said it in a podcast appearance, I think, a month ago that the locker room was fractured. It was not in a good place. Like, we we saw it all season, jacking with referees and not getting back on defense and not celebrating each other's success, just kind of going through the motions. We need passion in this team. Um, we need one player to get to fall over and four players to run to pick him up. Like we need that sort of togetherness. They pre- preach the three T's. We were not together at all last season. And this team needs to be together in order to succeed. I mean, that's 
probably the thing that's going to endear it to the public and endear it to the fan base the most if they play for each other, if they're selfless, if they celebrate with each other, if they take, you know, joy in each other's success. Uh, Like Alex, that's for me going to be the measure of whether this team firstly enjoys playing together and secondly is successful. You guys remember that Corey Joseph play a few years yep, ago? Never forget it. The the entire team gets up off the bench. We were blowing out the Hawks and, you know, it was a meaningless play in the end of the day. Like we had already won the game. Everyone jumps up, everyone grabs him and hugs him. <clears throat> like that's the paces we want to see, right? Like yep. we haven't had that since that 2018 team. And obviously injury has been a big part of that, but yeah, just want to get back to enjoying paces basketball. Like Justin, you said it, it's been almost a chore to watch us play, especially like in the the playoffs against the heat. Like that was tough. I had to like actually will myself to get up to watch the paces, which I don't want to be doing. So yeah, all, all we want is a uh, get back to enjoying paces basketball. And you kind of touched on, on there as well, Adam, the one thing for me, I want to see them getting back on defense this year. No more yep. standing there crying to the ref while you give up a fast break layup. You know, we did it to the, against the wizards like a thousand times. Please just get back on defense. That's all I need. And, and Rick Carlisle, I think, won't be afraid to make a statement. I think if, if he sees that, then you're off. Like, you're having a rest on the bench because I think he needs to set the tone super early with everyone on the team that there are a set of non-negotiables that you need to meet. And one of those is making sure that you play hard on both ends. You have to give effort on defense because if you don't, Rick Carlisle's got a ring. He doesn't care how many all-star teams you've made and he doesn't care how many points, rebounds, assists you put up last season. Justin, I feel like we're going to see some some tough love on display, which I think this team really needs. Yeah, if, if Rick Carlisle doesn't have got you, David Foster sure will <laughs> um, with Goga. But, um, yeah, look. I think it's exciting with the with the new coach, and I think that's what I'm most op- optimistic about. The few changes we made, but Coach Carlisle, um, I think I originally said I wasn't the biggest fan of us getting him, but in hindsight, and I'm not just saying this because the pace has got him, but in hindsight, there was no better coach on the market with credentials, I guess. Um, you know, could could backflip and not be a good choice, but um, with all the other highs every other NBA team made, I think there was about eight or nine. If I had to pick one, it would have been Rick Carlisle. So um, I don't think I could be unhappy with that as a Pacer fan. But, yeah, it's going to be interesting. Uh, The season starts in about just over a month. So um, I'm extremely excited. But I'm nervous as well because, like you mentioned, Alex, about enjoying Pacer basketball again. I'm I'm really nervous for that home opener against Charlotte and LaMelo Ball drops 20 and 20. And uh, we're going, oh, boy, we're in for another rough season. (laughs) We've talked about the starters. We can't leave without talking about the bench because I feel like we're relatively deep in that department. You know, you look at Duarte, who we've spoken about. Um, you know, Justin Holiday is still there and O'Shea Brissett uh, had a really strong finish to the season and will now come off the bench. Who is the, aside from TJ McConnell, who we know is the, you know, the heart and soul of this bench, Alex, who is the bench player who you think will step up the most this coming season? I think it's got to be O'Shea for me. Like he was the guy last season who, when everyone else was down, he bought energy. Like he yeah. came in on those couple of 10 days and you could tell like he was the one guy standing up, hyping up the teammates. He was making some big time dumps and highlights. So, you know, I'm excited to see what his role is with that second unit. I'm, I'm For me though, the biggest question is who falls out of the rotation? Like it's a good problem to yeah. have, but 
I'm I'm a little bit concerned for my man Edwin Sumner. I just if Jeremy Lamb's still on the roster, I think that they will try to push him just to if anything up his trade value maybe. So do you think that Sumner falls out of the rotation? Justin, that's your topic. Sumner's your boy. He outlasted Aaron Holiday. He's outplayed Aaron Holiday, but are his days numbered as a you know constant contributor on the team? Yeah, I just yeah. I won that argument between you two about holiday and something I just want to bring up. But uh, no, I'm just messing around with you guys. Uh, yeah, I, I agree with Alex. Is you know we've got all these good to okay players on the team that a lot of players are going to fall out. There's just not enough minutes in a game to play them all. Um, like you mentioned, Alex, Jeremy Lamb, Edmund Sumner. I even forgot about O'Shea. Like honestly, I did. <laughs> um, so even thinking about him, it's it's going to be tough, but. I guess it's a good problem to have because I, I've always said, you guys know this and probably agree with me, we never have a good bench. So it's probably a good issue to have where, hey, if you're not performing, unfortunately, you can get some DMPs for a few weeks until you can probably, you know, you get your next chance because we can't be having players playing 15, 20 minutes a night who are 0 for 3 from the field. We've, ha- we've had it too long. And that was my big gripe with Aaron Holiday. Didn't give enough. Um, he, you know, one in every 20 games, he'd play good but apart from that he, he wouldn't so um yeah i think it's a good issue for carlisle to have is spacing out minutes and you know what i'll say as well just on that like you kind of touched on aaron holiday not not taking advantage of his minutes like Evan sumner every single chance he's gotten he's played yes. well like yep. every time he gets put in the starting lineup or every time he gets bumped up the rotation he always performs so you know if, if carlisle gives him a chance i'm pretty sure he'll take full advantage of it I think that's why we got like particularly guys like Brissett and Sumner so much because they take advantage of every opportunity they have. Yeah. They play hard every minute they're on the floor. They play hard on both ends. And that sort of, you know, behavior hopefully is infectious with this team this season because that's the sort of philosophy we want them to carry on. Um, so I would love to see Sumner stay in the rotation just because of how hard he plays. I'm not really sure where the place for him is in the rotation though. As you say, with McConnell, with Duarte, with Justin Holiday, with O'Shea Brissett, there's four bench players and you've got a big, you know, to pair with those. And we, we've we got a, a hole at backup big where, you know, Goga and, and Jackson, not really sure what's going to happen there, but it's it's not looking great in terms of uh, Sumner's minutes uh, or Lamb's minutes for that matter. I mean, he's, uh, he's on an expiring deal. The team's going to want to showcase him potentially for a move, but regardless of that, it doesn't really look like he's got a future on this roster in this team at the moment uh, ahead of guys like Duarte and even Sumner who plays super hard and, and is more durable. Um, I want to finish uh, before we, we let you guys go with a, uh, an idea that we had earlier in the summer, uh, the American summer, uh, to uh, run a bit of a competition this upcoming season. So we had some jerseys made up. We had some Paceroos, Flojos made up. And this season we will be running a competition to give away. We've got three of them to give away. We've each got one ourselves. It's the number 31. It's a Flojo. It says Paceroos. These are not for sale, but these are uh, giveaways that we're going to be uh, running a competition for this upcoming season. We'll give you a bit more detail on what, on how you can win uh, a jersey uh, as I say there's only three to give away so we're going to have to be really picky with uh, with who we pick here and we're going to have to run a, uh, a cool competition 
for particularly for Pacers fans who attend Pacers games. I think um, pandemic is largely behind us in Indianapolis. Hopefully they can get a full house at Bankers Life. And we want to see some Pacers fans representing the Paceroos at Pacers games this upcoming season. Uh, Alex, you're pretty happy with how the jerseys turned out. Hey, you did. Yeah, you guys killed it. Uh, Adam, you killed it, I should say. They, yeah, for all the fans, obviously, we will probably show you a picture online, but they don't do them justice. They are, they are fire in person. So you'll definitely want one. Justin, you got yours. Have you, uh, have you worn it yet? Yeah, I've tried it on. Haven't, haven't worn it out because my arms are a bit pale, but um, <laughs> I think we're going to have an issue because everyone's going to want the uh, Riley one on the back. Everyone's going to want the AK <laughs> Riley one. So, uh, that one, unfortunately, is not for sale, limited edition, but Alex might be open to signing it and selling it on eBay, so <laughs> stay tuned. Well, we've actually stood up a, uh, a Pacerous uh, rec league team here in Tasmania because we're not in lockdown right now, and uh, we're, uh, we're two and two. We've had a mixed start to the season, but yeah, we're, uh, we're happy to be repping the Pacerous, and it's, it's nice to see the Flojos running around on the court. They look pretty good, so... We'll, uh, we'll present a photo on our Twitter and Instagram just so everyone can get a, a view of what it looks like. But looking forward to giving away a couple. And um, who knows, depending on the demand, we might end up with a few more as the season progresses. Uh, speaking of the season, we're about a month away. We're, uh, we're working on, we're cooking some guests for you over the next month or so. Uh, we've been the Pace Roos Podcast. We will see you next time.